Welcome to this week's episode of the Geek Offensive Podcast. On the show today, I'm joined by the uh, creators of the Perpetual Flux comic book, uh, Julie Olson, a storyboard artist, and Kat Haynes, a freelance illustrator and graphic artist. Thank you to so much for being on the show. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, super fun. And they're also um, in the animation industry, but they're obviously working on projects that we can't talk about. And we wear many hats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, this was a, a fun episode. Um, another episode where we got to really like dive into an industry. Um, in, in this case, more of uh, illus- bleh, animation. Can't talk right now. What the? Good words. You drink yeah. too much before you start the show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just, it's, it's a running problem. Like, you know, Thank you for putting up with it. I almost threw up <laughs> the whole time. No, um, we had a bucket ready. Yeah, they kept yeah. knocking yeah. over the, all the empty bottles. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we just, uh, I mean, this was half like, looking into the industry and half like just kind of gushing about all the stuff we love so this was uh, if you love animation and comics like just go you're gonna like this one um cat where can they find you you can find me at cat haynes art.com uh, k-a-t-h-a-y-n-e-s-a-r-t and julie where can they find you jolsondraws.com that's j-o L-S-O-N, draws.com. And that's pretty much where you'll find me on any social media. Yeah, and don't forget to check out the Perpet- Perpetual Flux comic book. It's just perpetualflux.com. Uh, uh, Perpetual Flux, Flux comic. Comic.com. Mm-hmm. And Ken, where can they find you, bud? They can find me at Ken Rolo, K-E-N-R-O-L-O-W. And they can find the comic shop I work at at Comics TNT, which we are getting ready for a geek trivia night on June 24th. So if you're in the Orange County area, check us out. And you can find me on Instagram at Justin Mal- at Justin Malari. God, I can't talk to this intro. What's going <laughs> yeah. on? You can find me at Justin Malari on Instagram and at Justin underscore Malari on Twitter. Uh, and don't forget to check out Geek Say What on all social media with the handle at Geek Say What. I, thank you for holding in the laughter. <laughs> <laughs> She's the trying. She's really. It's Julie's the really trying. It's the wrench thrower right here. He's <laughs> <laughs> making me laugh. <laughs> um, don't forget to check out the other two shows on the Geek Say What Network. It's Ready Set Geek, hosted by Alex Gallet, and Geek Ko, hosted by Justin Madriaga and Ish. Uh, it's our Geek Trivia podcast. And shout out to Wayland Productions again for letting us use the space and helping us sound like we know what we're doing. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Some of us do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to Jordan Denae, our apparel sponsor out of Brooklyn, New York. She's, she's an eco-friendly uh, geek apparel sponsor. And um, basically... God, oh, well, I really botched this intro. She helped I you th- get your geek chic, folks. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, what happened with this intro? I was going fine. Like you were smooth as butter yeah, on the at on the, the end of it. I was great. What's going on right now? What happened to smooth Justin Malari? <laughs> no, no, but that, that's you. That's oh, your right, thing. right. You're smooth, Ken. Yeah, I, I, I mixed up my bad. <laughs> You're it, both messing up now. Exactly. <laughs> it's contagious. Run. <laughs> uh, and then uh, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to join the offensive. Cue the music.
and everyone I goes barely quiet. heard you on that one <laughs> yeah he said we're ready to go ready to go bring us in i mean there's no the start we just talk like oh, <laughs> okay we were Everyone's all like, like when waiting. when, when when's the yeah, yeah no yeah. do i need to wait for the signal <laughs> no there's no <laughs> what's the signal <laughs> there is <laughs> yeah though like there we'll put in the actual like theme song in the post so it's like well see that's, that's the funny thing about like a lot of shows like this like um people are always expecting like uh you know, uh, welcome everybody, and then like kind of just go around the table and like introduce you. But I'm like, that th- we're not that professional. Cool. Well, no, and it just doesn't feel very <laughs> like casual. comfortable. It kind of like yeah. puts you in like, oh, I have to be on, and I'm like, no, I just w- I want to talk to you two and get to know you, figure out what's going on with the two of you, and we'll go from there. That's just it. Ignore the microphone two fingers from your face. <laughs> you really don't notice it after what? Wait, have you, know. you two ever done a podcast before? Um. We've recorded things We've before. Recorded, We've recorded yeah. things because mm-hmm. both of you are in well, sort of a related into an industry that needs some recording, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But this is not my first time in front of a mic. So. <laughs> yeah. Have you either of you? So both of our guests today have a history in animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those listening at home, and I'm curious, have either of you ever done just like some background voices for those jobs? Um, no, not personally. Um, I know that. Uh, more and more now places like Nickelodeon they've been doing uh, actually giving classes mm. to their animators where they can do actual background voices a friend of mine actually recently uh, played a part on Loud House um, and so it's it's really cool that they're kind of broadening that spectrum where they're allowing people to come in and have fun with that so they're not all just rocket from uh, up not up r- uh, bolt the little hamster who's like, oh yeah, you, you're one of the animation directors and just put your voice in there. Just Which do that. Bolt? <laughs> Bolt, the Disney the, the uh, movie? The little white dog? Bolt. Oh. Yeah. And Miley, Travolta, Miley right? Cyrus? Yeah. Travolta, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not, not, yeah, not Balto. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, so I'm, I'm probably missing what his title was, but he was like the audio director or something like that and the, like he was in there for the temp track and there's like, we like your voice. Just go ahead and we're just going to use you as the, as the voice. And so it's like, he's essentially working alongside John Travolta, Miley mm-hmm. Cyrus, like all these established voice actors. And he's just like, I help people draw stuff. I don't know what his title was. And I'm, I'm failing <laughs> him right now. I feel like in animation, especially since you have this kind of, you know, no one sees who does the voices half the yeah. time. Um, a, sadly, a lot of voice actors don't get the due credit that they deserve because they're amazing and they're mm-hmm. amazing actors. The fact that they can do all that with just their voice versus, you know, yeah, acting people, with their body. Yeah, people don't realize that those people are performers. Ugh. Like, mm-hmm. it's so much work goes into that. Yeah, and th- but because of that, it allows the um, voice director to just be like, you know what, if it works, it works. Yeah. And sometimes you, like, I when I receive um, audio for a show... Because I, when I'm storyboarding, because that's what I do, I storyboard. And when I do receive audio for a show, sometimes they, they do give you the scratch tracks, basically. And you listen to it and you're like, ooh, that was just someone who didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> but it's just to fill in that line so you can board on top of it. Um, and then other times, you know, so it's just whatever works. Whatever works, works. Arg, look out for that boulder. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great, too, because um, one time... Uh, Back when I was working on Juniper Lee, I got to sit in on one of the um, voice recordings, and they had some of the old, old classics, like, oh, I forget their names, but a couple of the guys that worked on um, Rocco's Modern Life, okay. and just a bunch of those guys were in there, and they were just all going at once, and they were they have so much talent, and they're so funny, and you can't help but crack up at everything they're doing, and they, they only use a fraction of what they're using in there, and a lot of it's scripted, but every now and again, they'll 
they'll throw in something funny and they're like, yeah, we, we need to put that in there somehow. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's always fascinating to see how animated the actual animators are. Even though people think like they just sit in front of a desk and they're either, you know, punching away at a keyboard or at a mm-hmm. desk drawing. But like for you to be an animator, you have to um, actually act a lot of oh, that out. Mm-hmm. By far. Yeah. And in, in school, that's what you go through, too. Mm-hmm. And you, we often in college would segregate the or, you know, in our minds, the animator from the illustrator, from the graphic designer and from the fine artist. Those are like the, the branches yeah. right? Mm-hmm. In, in every college. I'm sure it's all the same. Mm-hmm. And um, you have, you know, the fine artists are very more to themselves. They're creating their own craft. They're doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. The illustrators are kind of in between where they, they still are involved with other things and involved with the client and involved with who they have to work with. But in the end, it's them doing their own thing. With animation, you are working on a team. And oh, so yeah. you were, we're acting involved. together, we're sleeping on top of tables while the other person's finishing the work. And then <laughs> it's, it's pretty much the environment that animators work with is with each other. I remember one time uh, I went to Loyola Marymount University. Uh, they had a, uh, an actual animation major there. Um, and one day there was actually a bomb scare because down below where our, down the cliffside from our school, uh, used to be a, a military base, and they found this really old bomb. So they basically told everyone in the school. Oh my god! Yeah, they told everyone in the school, and this is like literally the week before finals week. They're like, "Okay, you can go home, but you can't come back in. We can't legally let you back in." And they literally locked us all out of our dormitories and everything. So it it kind of turned into the seventies. Every all of a sudden, everyone was in their pajamas and throwing frisbees and just being like whatever. But every single animator found a way to break into the animation room, <laughs> right. went in there and worked on our project. Cause we're like, this is, God gave us this moment. We were like Bart when the snowstorm came <laughs> and we knew we had to work. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, we can't, you, we can't waste this opportunity. Yeah. And that's just, you know, it's, it's so much time and effort has to go into every little moment, mm-hmm. you know? And so you've got to take advantage of that, especially in colleges where it's like, Oh, you also have like a 30 page essay. Right. You know, yeah. they, they don't care. Well, that was the tough <laughs> part, the grind of like being, I, I, I should probably mention this. I went to school for animation at mm. Academy of Art in San Francisco. I didn't finish, hence why I do this. Um, but no, I understand like part of the grind because mm-hmm. like you're, you are fighting for that studio time yeah. uh, as much as possible. And you're like, especially around finals, there's like um, fights over like desks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, and rendering what, computers. And, and we'll oh, the yeah. Bag. Rendering computers. And, and you're like, I want my desk. Like, I know this one's up. I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Me too. I mean, I have a long history in animation too. I've been watching them since I was like two. <laughs> <laughs> so I know just what you guys do. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, what would you, uh, Julie, what would you say got you into animation? Like, what, for you, I, I've wondered this actually. Oh. Oh, deep dark secret. No, yeah. um, you two just work together. It's yeah. not like this would come up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, and for those who don't know, Kat and I have been long-standing friends for over a decade, and easily met as <laughs> met in college, not from the same college, but yeah. uh, met through friends then, and similar interests. Been working and hanging out ever since. So yeah, yeah, we're little peas in the pod. Uh-huh. Um, but for me, um, it came in high school, just mm. because. I mean, obviously, I grew up watching animation as well and fell in love mm-hmm. with it just like I think everyone at this table and behind the booth um, can attest to but you know you get the whole oh starving artist cliche of like will will you actually make it a job and make it work and um, 
my father is an engineer and so I was like oh maybe I can do engineering oh maybe I could do architecture and I know you have an yeah, architect dad I do and so um I was like oh maybe I'll get into that stuff plus you know I like math science all that fun stuff but it wasn't until I took kind of a summer course that was a portfolio um crafting course that I realized no I want to do this yeah. And it just mm-hmm. it just solidified in my heart like that. And I was just like, nope, going to do this yeah. and make it work and screw the whole starving artist cliche, which isn't a thing, really, especially mm-hmm. in the entertainment arts, because you, it's if you're willing to do the work and push hard for it. And um, obviously, any career requires a little luck and a little yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> a little a little luck, a little this networking, industry. little everything. That's any industry. But I don't know. I feel um, uh, you can make it work. And uh, that's just how I my mentality is. And I mm-hmm. just went for it. And yeah. so and just to keep pushing and keep learning, that's the key too. That's so. no, that's huge. It's so easy to feel like you have to you want to give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, because it's a grind. Like people always kind of like uh, they kind of give these art majors just like kind of a, a lot of shit just because it's like oh, you guys are just drawing pictures and you're it's like fun. right yeah it's just oh fun. you just do it because you enjoy crap. it exactly and i'm like no, why do i need to pay for it there's a ton of work that goes into it it's mm-hmm. far more labor intensive than anything um like what, what's a traditional major? like you know a business major mm-hmm. like those yeah. people are always partying as far as i <laughs> 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 no, yeah true. i would get jealous i'm like i want to go there <laughs> but no i have to stay in the lab and there's yeah. no in, like that's the thing though is for us there's like oh yeah the business side yeah i mean it's, it's good to have that like mm-hmm. it's good to have those people but like there's no interest like oh yeah learn how to balance your thi- okay no no it's just like oh yeah what about these legal contracts yeah legal contracts no give me animation i want to know you guys like excel right yeah exactly <laughs> i have to look at it all the time um <laughs> like i'd rather see a dynamic image come together than see like oh yeah we did this today at our, in our in my excel class Woo-hoo. yeah i think when you like realize oh people will pay me to draw and I think every artist comes to that crossroads when you have to decide, is this a hobby or is this a, is this a job? Um, because the thing with art that's a little different than, say, business or any other kind of career path is that with art, it can be just a hobby and it can be a very valuable hobby to you as a human being, just like, you know, doing martial arts or doing anything else on the side. But it's when you have to take that step of saying, is this just a hobby that I do on the side just for enjoyment? Or is this something I really want to put the blood, sweat and tears into to really push for it. And I think, you know, once you make that decision, right. And you know, whatever decision is fine. And, but once you make it, you have to like stick to it. Otherwise it's just going to drag you down. Yeah. So. That's, and that's another thing with art, like the commitment it really does take. Mm-hmm. Like that is something I had to confront. Like I, I got through most of art school, but mm-hmm. when it came to my thesis, it was just like, I couldn't finish it. I didn't, I just flat out didn't have the ability or, I didn't take enough time to get there. <laughs> and I really had to like take a look at myself and say like, okay, I'm not going to be an animator. Mm-hmm. I love it. And it's, I had to make that decision. Mm-hmm. It was going to become a hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard too, because no matter how well you do in school, it will not prepare you at all. It, it, it just won't. You have to get out there and you have to get in that industry and you have to learn how to know that what you're doing is worth it. And I really learned that working in freelance because, you know, I may it may only take me three hours to do whatever it is you need. But 
it's three hours plus my lifetime of learning this craft so that I can do it within three hours or 10 hours or however long it takes. And so, and a lot of people don't realize that. So you have to realize it. So you can state that and find those people who appreciate that yeah. as far as like for people who are going into freelance. and Yeah. It's not you know. like an easy math formula where it's like, yeah. oh, like we can get to that answer. We know there's an answer. We just got to do this. Mm-hmm. Like the arts it's a little different yeah and the more you do it the more you'll kind of start be able to gauge it because i'll have a guy come up and be like oh i need a logo with like two lines on it i'm like well how detailed of lines are we talking about here (laughs) because that will seriously impact things you know so it's art is such a people think it's so easy to get come by just because of uh, the fact that you go on the internet and you see it everywhere. There's so much inspiration mm-hmm. everywhere and so much art everywhere, but there's so few people who really have honed it to a craft that and know how to put it out there. It's it's just really. I don't know where I'm going with this, but <laughs> no, 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 I can you kind know of. Where uh, I'm coming from. I, I can like equate it to like um, what's a general? Okay, so sports. So mm-hmm. a lot of people can play basketball, yeah, but there's exactly. that, that top that can actually get paid to play basketball. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. It mm-hmm. takes that same kind of work, that same kind of dedication. Mm-hmm. And, it, much. and it takes believing that you will get paid for it. I think for me personally, yeah. it took me a couple of years even after college just to realize that my art, art was, was worth money. Exactly. And right. to tell yourself that, oh, you don't just do it for free or don't just do it for a low pay or don't just do it just to get or recognition. Po- yes. Yes. Or, or exposure. Exposure. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm going to plug you on my social media. Totally. Yeah. Gonna, like, no, yeah. pay yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your art is worth it. And to any artist out there, your art is worth it. And it is it is an actual service to someone else. Mm-hmm. Because without art, we wouldn't have any of the things that we see on our, in our outside world. Nothing would be designed. Nothing would be crafted that way. Mm-hmm. Um, the concepts behind logos, behind branding, behind the buildings you see, behind Internet the cars pages. You, you ride. Yeah. So all of that is on the foundation of artists. And so um, just believe that you can get paid for your art and you deserve to get paid for your art. And once mm-hmm. you see that, then you start to treat it like a job that it is versus just the... Um, the thing you kind of do on yeah, your spare time. The thing time. you do or work hard at, but you yeah. never know when you'll quote unquote land it. It's you land it once you realize you need you deserve to get paid for it, and people yeah. will respect you more for it too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, for for both of you, like, what was your first kind of a paid gig? Like, what mm-hmm. what kind? What was your like your breaking into the industry? Pay, the paid industry. <laughs> the paid. Well, I yeah, mean, like, if we want to go like back, it would be doing a, a wall mural for my high school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but no, that's, that's a, a big thing. That's still, a, is it, it still up there? Deal. Yeah, it's yeah, still up see? there. And, yeah. and it, it was really weird where they're like, oh, we were the first graduating class of the high school and they want something up in the library to celebrate. So I'm like, okay, I can do that. So I painted a bunch of Timberwolves. <laughs> there you go. It's funny because it fun. like, it's funny because like if you were just doing that without them asking, you'd probably get like detention or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, trust me. We painted. (laughs) It it was cool too because it was on like the second floor, so they had to put me in this lift thing to go up to it. (laughs) And we drew Michelangelo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I wasn't laying down. What? (laughs) (laughs) But we did draw all sorts of characters and stuff on the underlayer before we put the primer on and everything. So Uh. there's all sorts of anime characters. I don't even remember what (laughs) on my high school wall beneath all that paint. (laughs) So, so if it slowly got stripped away, you just start seeing like I would not be surprised. Inuyasha's right. up there. Yeah. Inuyasha is up there. <laughs> Maruni Kenshin, Inuyasha, and a few others I don't remember. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, so what are the, the you just mentioned Inuyasha, like mm-hmm. some of the base anime that started getting you into it. What were some of your favorite cartoons as a child, either, both of you? Uh, okay, so. At least it had the best, that had better animation that you'd be like, not just like, oh, I enjoyed it, but like MLP was not that great back in the day. Or, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, I had a really interesting experience. My, uh, uh, I don't, a, a distant great aunt of mine that I never met personally, she worked as a colorist for Disney. Oh, wow. So by the age of, Five, I had just about every single Disney animated feature in my closet. Um, and so I watched it religiously. And that's probably what got me really into animation. Was it those videotapes with the big yes. foamy the big, white cover? Yeah, oh, the big yeah. VHSs. <laughs> and uh, I, learned, I remember I specifically, I nice. learned how to rewind and fast forward on Bambi. And it was when Bambi was going up at the very end to the clip. <laughs> he was just going back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> so, was but, so you're saying that you had the vault, like the Disney yeah. vault? Was I literally closet. had the entire Disney vault. The only thing I've never had was the Black Cauldron because it was PG, so they didn't let me have it. <laughs> and all... <laughs> It's so dark. <laughs> it's the so black hole. I still have not seen all of it. Actually, really? It's I nowhere. Fell asleep watching. And I'm not. And I'm not I willing to pay money for it. Yeah. it. <laughs> I, I, but then just like it's just so like it. It's one of those things where it's like I know how. Like this is where like I know you're Disney fans. Like it's something I figured you'd watch by now. Just to, like yeah. okay, I watched it. I tried watching it like online, just streaming or something, and I couldn't find all of it. <laughs> like I found like the first like, I think quarter of it. That's probably, oh, it was like on YouTube or something. Yeah, it's, yeah I was yeah. on YouTube. It's probably on purpose. Like they they purposely like pull stuff. Like I've been listening to this podcast where they talk about like stuff that like they'll make, and then just afterwards, like no, like never reprint it on cassette, never put it on DVD, never continue it anywhere. Like stuff that just disappears into the ether. Mm-hmm. Like different Disney, like oh, like the Apple Dumpling Gang, but not them, but like stuff like that where they. Do they you make remember this movie. Invasion America? Oh, no. what yes. was it? Oh, it was WB. A, it was a WB project. It was six six minisodes. The, and the one a, who did the voice a, was a kid from like Boy Meets World, right? Yeah, Will Freddy. Yeah, okay. Will Freddy. Yeah. Oh, no, Freddy. No, no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm. It's I'm, okay. He's Star Lord. I should know up. this. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to his voice constantly. <laughs> but um, uh, no, uh, yeah, uh, Invasion America. Oh, mm-hmm. I would sit down and rewatch. I actually taped that, and I can't find it anywhere. It's not on. I, I think you can find on YouTube now. You know what? You I think you? I remember. Yeah, they, I that's it. one okay. they played like on primetime, right? Yeah, because it was. It was yeah. Time. Oh, okay. No, so I do was, remember this. They had the Manglers, and it was about a boy who was like half alien, and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. he said Yosh because that was cool, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had the awesome glowy glowy glove and. Awesome stuff like that. I mean, for me, obviously Disney was probably my first memories with animation, but I think my true, like, genuine love of animation, aside mm-hmm. from just the Disney influence, which right. I think affects multiple, I mean, cross-generational, you know, <laughs> this thing, is probably just all the Saturday morning mm-hmm. cartoons. And I'm talking, you know, for me personally, I loved all the action-y ones like X-Men, Mm-hmm. Oh, um, gargoyles. Okay, because if you gargoyles. said bonkers, gargoyles. I would have been mad at you. No, <laughs> Batman the animated series. There we go. <laughs> to me, like the Batman, especially for me, was a pivotal, like not just animation but storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when I really recognized storytelling as a thing, yeah. because um, and you know it, it was it was important to me, and I mm-hmm. would I would yeah. drag my my dad didn't in, my dad didn't introduce me to me, but I made it a father daughter thing that I would drag Aww. him in and we'd watch it, mm-hmm. and I think. Uh, one day I asked him, Dad, why do you like, why do you not care, like, you like watching this with me, so why do you like watching it with me? And um, just to get what he thought, and I thought, oh, maybe he'll say, oh, the action's good, or this is good. And it was one of the episodes, I forget specifically which one off the top of my head, but 
We might be able to remember. Yeah, yeah. I know. But I can piece it together. Yeah. The, yeah. End, the end of the episode is where he lays the two roses on the in front of the Crime. theater. Oh, it's Crime Alley. Yeah. Because um, the, the doctor that helped raise him was there, right? It was like an older woman. Yeah, is it, is it uh, Leslie Tompkins? You got it. Yeah, yeah, and it was just that moment where you know it gives Batman that humanity of just why he does what he does. You know, when he's laying the roses at the base of the theater, and my dad like looked at me and said like That's why I like watching this," and it really made me start thinking about just how, um, and just storytelling in general, how powerful it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what drew me, and I think Kat can you know agree with me is that. It's not just the drawings and it's not just, you know, the music or the voice acting or anything. It's it's the storytelling, really. That And I think that's why we love comics. That's why we love games. That's why mm-hmm. we love animation. And I think for us, it's just animation is not just a genre. It's it's a method in which to portray mm-hmm. any genre of storytelling that yeah. you need. It is not a genre. It's not like, limited either. At all. Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, back to Batman the Animated Series, like, that was one of those shows that... Um, we almost it never has, talk about here. Yeah, yeah. Almost <laughs> never. Yeah. It was, uh, what show? <laughs> no, it was one of those shows in terms of story. It had respect for the audience mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a lot of shows, and this is my, my problem with a lot of children's TV, is that it gets really dumbed down or mm-hmm. overly silly. This one was like, we're going to tell you a good story and it's going to be able to be told to any generation. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like, the, 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 though the show was dark, I didn't feel like it went too far mm-hmm, obviously because mm-hmm. they were playing it for kids mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and the, and so it's funny too because like sometimes where they they tried to pull back from the darkness it made it more dark just because you didn't like they tried to pull away or they'll, they'll pan pan left and you'll see a shadow happen and like that almost makes it worse because your head just fills in the gaps oh, and yeah. like, <laughs> oh my god what just happened like and like, as you get older those the thoughts just get darker yeah. <laughs> like oh he just stabbed stabbed someone oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I would think like oh they didn't want to draw this no <laughs> <laughs> that too i will admit a few minutes <laughs> i will admit anytime you can pan out you know like cut cut away or do something you're just like oh they're talking we don't have to animate that <laughs> i don't have to do a couple extra frames of drawing of that yeah put a mask over the character's face <laughs> every time it's just optimus prime mouth yeah. each time. <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, but it, the same can even be said as far as like that respect. Um, and mind you, it comes from a different direction um, with Looney Tunes because it was mm-hmm. made yeah. for adults and kids and everyone to yeah. like in- enjoy and understand. And mm-hmm. I watched that religiously too. Oh yeah, um, I, oh, I grew that, up having like Nickelodeon and yeah, Cartoon early Network and Bob Disney. Clampett and mm-hmm. like Tex Avery yeah. stuff. Though. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were insane in those were. TV shows. Oh in those, gosh, uh, and the comedy, yeah. the timing, you know, and. Just everything was working so well. It mm-hmm. makes me sad that not many kids have seen Looney Tunes in, in the current new younger generations. Yeah. Like yeah. they don't we actually have newer Looney Tunes too, which is yeah. like it doesn't do, feel the same. Well, yeah, like, we do have the, the new same, series, though. but it's yeah. it's yeah. weird because it really tries to focus on modern issues. Like I saw yeah. one Dialogue episode heavy. where the female Daffy Duck character is like working at a Kinko's and she has to deal with like <laughs> dealing with the customers and it's just really huh it, it was really How bizarre did, it was it's almost sitcom is that it's, yeah it's very sitcom okay. it is mm-hmm. legitimately a sitcom and um I don't know it, it just it felt like it Looney Tunes you can watch in any era and still appreciate it even if you don't necessarily get some of the care like the actor cameos and stuff like that you can still appreciate it this I don't think people are going to understand or appreciate 10 years from now mm-hmm. yeah. you know it you got to find that kind of and I feel the same can be said about any good movie uh tv series like Batman animated series or gargoyles it's like timeless. I can still watch it now and yeah. appreciate it mm-hmm. well I guess with Looney Tunes there was still like 
as far as like doing stuff that was current, I, there were still like, I guess, World War Two and yeah. military mm-hmm. stuff going on. <laughs> oh, so. yeah. 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 They did have rep- uh, like cultural references, which, you know, comedy just has to have a little cultural yeah. Yeah. reference because yeah. you're talking to the people that you're talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um, I think it was just the attention to, you know, the attention to how to make the comedy work. Yeah. And the slapstick, mm-hmm. which, you know, the way that they went about it is pretty darn timeless, despite having very, um, you know, very age specific or era specific things in it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I always found it weird, too, because I would watch those old like Mickey cartoons and whatnot, and they'd have all the furniture that worked back in the 30s and yeah. 40s and stuff. And I just thought that was how cartoon televisions looked. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand that that's what TVs looked like back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't a, a cartoon tubs always have the, always have those those uh, Little, clawed feet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not part of the house. It's not built into it. Yeah, it's just exactly. this, yeah. It's the symbol of it. Yeah. I never, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah, no. That, yeah. Like, it's just one of those things you just like, yeah, it's cool. You accept mm-hmm. it. I think, but it's kind of weird yeah. then because you look at the like modern looney tunes and they've got like a big screen tv and stuff and it can work like they did that one goofy short where it was about him making a tv like getting a tv to watch a football game and it was great it had all all the the electronics yeah yeah, and you get it because it's all a lot of our modern humor of like vcr timers and all that stuff well not even vcr but even some of that's dated now that's dated now (laughs) i've dated myself but at the same time like i feel like of the newer like if we're talking about cartoons that are kind of trying to bring back the 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 beauty of of old cartoons i think that one was pretty successful because yeah, agreed it, it rested it rested on the pre-existing ones like yeah. the now the man will step outside and make <laughs> his car the, the fastest he can and like they had yeah. those old cartoons like oh this is right. how he drives and mm-hmm. like i remember him smoking in those cartoons and like, i remember at least skiing his skiing adventures the mm-hmm. ones, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like one. it's that one works now because of the old ones. Yeah. Like on its own, I don't know how well it would stand up. Yeah. Like it rests so much on our previous memories of like, oh mm-hmm. wait, this is a new one of those. I love those as it a kid. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think that there's something to be said with that in that nostalgia. Oh yeah. You know, so. And I do think like for instance, have you guys watched the new Mickey cartoons? No, I haven't. Those oh, are hilarious. those are amazing. I've heard really good stuff about they them. They are really good. Want, is it the ho- not the House of Mouse stuff? The stuff after that? No, no, no. Like no. The, the current current like it looks like kind of an doing. old like tiny almost yeah they, they like have a really style. Uh, simplized style mm-hmm. and it, yeah very the humor is just it is out of this world in the sense of so good they bring back the the mischievous playfulness of mickey's original character from the 30s prior to when he became too much of a symbol to mm-hmm. that he's a bit of a jerk again he's a bit of a jerk and you and love mickey's him for a bit it. of a jerk or minnie's a bit of a jerk yeah you know? everyone's kind of a, uh, yeah everyone's a jerk <laughs> and honestly you kind of feel bad for donald half the time because he's just the jerk at the bottom of the ladder it's always ducks they're jerks look at Daffy. <laughs> well Daffy didn't used to be a jerk he used to be crazy oh that's right yeah. and then yeah. he became a jerk yeah. so, and I don't know if it's just because they thought it worked better in balancing out with bugs I think or, so because he's the only one bug, that, I feel like a lot of that to too was like Chuck Jones style because mm-hmm. his yeah. his style was much more subtle and mm-hmm. like it wasn't mm-hmm. as over the top as like Clampett or Avery yeah mm-hmm. it was cool I actually got to meet Chuck Jones um back wow. when I was like nine like oh my eight god! Or nine. He had a. Oh, so you a, didn't even realize who he was? No, the, I did. I oh, you did do. Okay. I went to a Chuck Jones gallery with uh, my father. He took me there. Oh, that's uh, awesome! I, I actually also had a really like supportive father um, who, the moment he knew that I was into cartoons, he just threw everything he could at me. <laughs> and I used to draw um, these little ants that I wanted to make a cartoon about. So when Bugs Life and Ants came out, I was like, ah, why? <laughs> <laughs> but I used to draw these little ants, and so my dad's like, oh, go show them 
to him. He's right there. And I'm freaking out That's because crazy. I've already watched so much of Looney Tunes and oh my gosh, How the I'd Grinch like, no. Stole Christmas. Yeah, right? no. <laughs> I'd be sweating. Oh, my gosh. But he was the sweetest guy. He looked through all of every single page. He took his time with each one. He told me these are Aww. really great. Keep mm-hmm. working on it. Contact me when you start going like looking for college or work. And like I'll help you out. He died the year that I graduated from high school. Oh. And I was just like, oh. oh. He even gave me like contact info. You know what, though? I, I, I really, I think you like hit the nail on, on the uh, heart nerve of, you know, one thing that I think that mm-hmm. I love about the animation community in general is that no matter how seemingly big you are in the animation community, it's still a relatively small family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mm-hmm. feel that like I, this is my experience is that anyone that's, you know, quote unquote, higher up of either director or somewhere up there, if if you're being genuine with them and not, you know, not pulling boundaries and being weird or anything like that but if you are just being you know genuine and you want to talk with them and you have a passion for it it's going to seep through and i have never come across someone that's not supportive you know Mm -hmm. in no matter what you know whether they've worked on the disney renaissance era whether they've been a part of this it's just they they want to see you succeed because i feel and i that's one thing i love is that animators want the next generation of animators to come alive and do their own thing Mm -hmm. it's such a, a nurturing family that i've never really had a bad experience with any of my my heroes you know yeah so agreed it's it's so much i don't know you really have to love it to Mm -hmm. be Mm -hmm. in it you know and you really gotta it it is such a family-based sort of environment where you got to be able to work together and be supportive of each other if you want to succeed yeah you're not you're not your own lone hero yeah Mm -hmm. very open community like from what i remember like um just to paint a picture for the audience like fine arts majors like i would very rarely like learn their techniques from them but Mm -hmm. like when i was with uh, 3d animation um it was like let me give you this tool let me show you this tutorial let me show you this and it was very like i didn't even ask for the help a lot of people everyone was just offering help to each other Mm -hmm. and that's that's one thing i do miss and like i wish i had Mm -hmm. that in like you know my current job which oh yeah can't mention Mm -hmm. my current job (laughs) (laughs) It's a very, uh, it's, it takes a village yeah. kind oh, of yeah. mentality. Like, I have that mentality with some of my students. I also teach, but um, and the ones that I know that are going to make it in the sense of where their drive is and where their mm-hmm. talents lie and drive is and work ethic, I'm like, I want to see, I want to work with you. Yeah. I, I want to work with you. It's not a situation mm-hmm. of like, oh, well, maybe you'll make it or blah, blah, blah. No, like, I really hope to see your face one day mm-hmm. or your name next to mine on, on the on the list, you know? Mm-hmm. Much so. lower, but still on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't take my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you're like already like, it's more kind of like when they get to your spot, you're already somewhere else and hopefully. so on. You hope. Hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like um, when I worked on uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, it shocked me just because, you know, I was already such a huge fan of the show when I came on it. And Around so, what season? Um, very ending of season three. Okay. And, but it was during the the uh, the quiet between the ending of season two and the beginning of season three. Oh, uh, okay. So they already had almost the entire season completed, but Nickelodeon just hadn't started airing them yet. Right. So I come in and I'm just about ready to pee my pants because I'm like, I don't know who to like talk to. I don't want to <laughs> bother anyone. Oh my gosh. But everyone was so kind, so sweet, took some like so much time to help 
me and tell me, you know, like give me any advice that they could. It was just Mm -hmm. a really great situation. I had the same um, experience when I interned at a Cartoon Network. They actually allowed us to make our own little project and then they would all critique it and help give you advice. You know, it's it's a really great environment that's actually like brought up in. That's actually nice to hear that like these big studios are taking the time to develop the talent. Yeah. They know how important it is. Oh yeah. I think that's yeah. Sadly one one thing that I think studios like Studio Ghibli did not do is Mm -hmm. they didn't really foster the second generation. And that's why you know, I mean a lot, a lot of which, mind you, a lot of them are in their 80s, 70s, yeah. and they're yeah. still going strong, you know. But in the sense of, I, 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 I feel in in a lot of the Western studios, they want a new, you know, fresh meat. A lot of our teachers from from university were the second generation, like they worked with the nine old men. Oh wow! As like on like one of my teachers worked on Fox and the Hound. That's when she just came in. You know, mm-hmm. the whole Glenn Keane era. Like all of them, like moved mm-hmm. into that generation and. They recall it being such a nurturing environment too, where the nine old men knew they were getting old and yeah. they wanted to teach their <laughs> skills to the next generation and make sure that these skills didn't die out and that these stories and these this the legacy of that would continue on. So and that, I think that, oh, sorry. oh go ahead. Oh that's one thing that kinda like blows my mind still is that no matter who I meet in the industry, we're like not that far away from the nine old men. It wasn't that long ago, oh, yeah. yeah, which is crazy. My mm-hmm. grandmother met Walt Disney. She worked at the Disney Hotel, and oh. so she she wrote me a whole like memoir of her time <laughs> at the Disney Hotel, Disneyland Hotel. And I remember you showing me. Yeah, that. so, so cool. that was really special too. It's like, and again, I go like, "Whoa, you met Disney?" <laughs> She's like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. Owes me five bucks. Kind <laughs> of a jerk, yeah. but no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about the Studio Ghibli thing. I'm curious if it's because like it's such a renowned house, like they just kind of kept closed. Whereas like. With American animation, we're constantly cranking out new stuff constantly, mm-hmm. constantly. So it's mm-hmm. like you need fresh bodies for that. So they're just like, okay, just bring in more people and and, well, and make more places. To, 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 to be a little political here, not in the sense of political, but in just in the sense of um, my observation, this is purely my observation of the way that Japanese animation studios are treated. Yeah, they do a lot of work for a little bit of pay. It's not very much respected. Right. And the ironically, since the anime industry is so big for Japan in general. Yeah. Um, but I think just because they have to pump out a lot of work too, whether you're Ghibli or whether you're not, but Ghibli specifically is kind of like always been able to keep on the sidelines of that. And they're always doing like 13 hour days. Yeah. And it's oh just, my God. It's so, insane. Yeah. And that's just like what's expected over yeah. there. Not yeah. just fan animation. Just because just... culturally they work harder. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they work longer, work harder hours. And um, I mean, we just saw it like for instance, you know, Tales of Earthsea, which was, um, uh, Goro Goro Miyazaki yeah. that was a kind of test project if it did well he can continue going if it mm-hmm. didn't do well then maybe we're not going to use you and it's like mm-hmm. that whole like pressure versus you look at Black Cauldron that was um, all the people all the younger generation that worked on Fox and the Hound like Glenn Keane all them worked on Black Cauldron that was their little test project mm-hmm. it didn't do well but it and thankfully um, it didn't destroy Disney though because they kept working past that, yeah. you know, versus just saying, well, no more from you. Because then we wouldn't have the Disney Renaissance that we have, mm-hmm. that we know about today. So yeah. Now, to be fair for Studio Ghibli, they do have like a quote unquote B team that mm-hmm. was in training, but they would usually do a lot of the 
very lesser known uh, Studio Ghibli movies. So like Whispers of the Heart. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, what's the one where it's the girl in her past that uh, like she's grown up. She's like 30 something. and she's It just came out on DVD. Yeah. Um, on- like only yesterday. Only yesterday. Um, they oh, do came out lot- yesterday? Cam, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need you to leave. Cricket. Yeah, you know <laughs> I have one role here, so I'm just going to keep going with it. And Why don't you go back into the quarry? Good there. luck with yeah. the editing <laughs> later on. Um, but a lot of those, and they actually have been coming out just because. You know, like, why not? Put it, put it out money. In, money, right. yeah. <laughs> put them out on DVD. But they're much lesser known ones. Um, and oftentimes I feel like it was more just they kind of go let them do their own thing. And it wouldn't be as much of a, like, under the wing sort of mentality. Yeah. Okay. It yeah. wasn't a, a, at least this is, a, again, we weren't there. We weren't a fly yeah. on the wall. But <laughs> in the sense of just from what we can observe, the, the nature of which is just these behemoths of animation, like Hayao Miyazaki, and uh, they just they they were here. You were always below them. <laughs> it wasn't a, a, a hey, let's move you guys up to where we are so that you can be the next, you know. Animation yes. here is a democracy. Animation over there is a monarchy. Yeah, so <laughs> much of it is just like built on respect. Even yeah. not mm-hmm. not just animation. Mm-hmm. I think like, I would say even with like chefs, yeah. like there's yeah. this huge hierarchy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, like I mean, Miyazaki's decision was he he was the vision. Right. And he had some amazing visions. He made some fantastic movies. They made great stuff with that method. But it doesn't always work, especially when... And that's why I think with uh, Earthsea, it didn't work because the individual at the top just didn't have the right direction of his vision. Right. You know, and so that's why sometimes it works better in on the uh, in the West where there's a bunch of people involved so we can kind of, you know, keep tabs on each other. But it can also be detrimental because yeah. then you have so many hands in the cookie jar that it makes a mess of there, the whole there, thing. There's pros and cons to both methods. It, and yeah. It's not one. Is a, it, just, it just stinks that it doesn't feel like there's a second generation that's going to, like, in Ghibli. And that's why they had to kind of not close their doors all the way but yeah they're doing ironically they've been doing some really weird stuff like one of the major animators experimental well no one of the <laughs> no just <laughs> weird just weird just weird <laughs> i'm trying to be i don't remember it i feel bad i don't remember the animator's name he is now he was doing french ad he was doing advertisements for a french bakery about this it was almost like kiki's delivery service okay. where it's this girl who like brings baked goods everywhere but it got so popular in france that now they're making a series out of it mm-hmm. oh, that's wow. awesome that's so, a marketing team's dream it's like yeah. oh yeah, it's like oh everyone loves this keep, it's like, keep it's like, going oh, don't you like this french baguette yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair studio ghibli when they like animate like any food, it looks oh, delicious. Oh, it does. <laughs> just oh. the, the shine on it alone and just mm-hmm. the way the characters eat it all in one big mouth. Like, <laughs> Oh, no, the the scene in A Spirited Away where oh, uh, yeah. Chiro's parents are like turning in the pit. Oh, my God. I was like, I want to eat all of that. Yeah, yeah, I know. Gosh. It's like it looks both disgusting and amazing at the <laughs> <Right>? same time. <laughs> <laughs> It'll kill you, but you'll die happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember the dad just eating. I couldn't even tell what it was. It looked delicious, but it was just like something as big as his head, and he just slurped it down. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, man. So uh, is there any other, uh, what ima- animation are you currently like viewing? Like, oh, this is a series like, I want to watch every time. Steven Universe. Yes. Okay. Yes, that, and, that, uh, that, that is definitely the one. That's the one everyone keeps mentioning. Steven I got to catch up. I, universe. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I got into it myself. I got it. Like it's so the animation style because it was very simple and 
I, it, I'm like, ah, I don't know if it's for me because I'm I'm a little bit of a snob at times. I'm like, no, like you know the Bruce Timm stuff. A little bit, a little bit. Okay, start <laughs> there. Can like, a snob what? Like, <laughs> Studio Mur, if they do something, I'm on oh, board. Oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, yeah, front of the line, raise my yeah. hand. Okay, well that's like fair. Volt, uh, Voltron, Legendary Fender. We yeah. talked mm-hmm. about this. Like, oh, fantastic. Voltron. As soon as they said that that was a company doing, I'm like, I'm on board. But so for Steven Universe, it's a little lesser known. Rebecca Sugar, mm-hmm. she came over from Adventure Time. And like I'm like ah the animation like the first couple episodes too they go off model and I'm just like ooh like, oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah the model that's what happens when it's storyboard driven rather yeah. uh, they just focus they on write the storyboards it through boards yeah. they don't write it through script and a lot so. of the, a lot of the storyboard oh. artists didn't yeah. necessarily know like they they don't know how to draw Pearl perfectly yet you yeah. know yeah. so she gets a little whoo. <laughs> <laughs> and then does. it's like and then, but later on like the story is so enriched mm-hmm. like there's so much that she has this world built and we're like we're slowly finding out about it episode by episode and it's it's really engrossing as you go on it's got it it takes a bit to bite but once mm-hmm. it does you're done oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's true and yeah. you start to wonder because you see all the plants and you're like wait how long ago were they planning this yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was in episode one yeah. <laughs> Cookie and Cat. I He's definitely have to, yeah. watch, I have to watch this show. Okay, th- yeah. I've, we talk about this on the show all the time. There's too much stuff to watch. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I do oh, agree I so like, But if you're going to watch one animated show right now, that would be my recommendation. Especially yeah. since they're yeah. only 11-minute 11, 11 episodes. Yeah, you can They're only 11-minute episodes? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But there are currently four complete seasons. So 11 Don't minutes. Speak. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that's the, and that's the other thing, too, that kind of kept me away was the 11-minute uh, like runtime. Like, because... Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple. There's been other really? shows in the past. Yeah. Well, because it's Robot it, Chicken, man. That, I'll right, watch that. Like, yeah, straight. but that's because you're getting little snippets and it's fun. But I'm not getting a full story, and I oh, wasn't expecting okay. that. Mm-hmm. Like, I was expecting uh, 11 minute episodes. Like, what could they do in 11 minutes? I no, like Teen no, Titans yeah. Go because it's characters I know and like, and it's mm-hmm. fun. But, but I'm they're not, just random cute little yeah. stories, and that's yeah. all. That's all I'm expecting. So I'm like, yeah. you know, I'd rather spend that instead of watching two episodes of that. I'm gonna watch one episode of another, like Legendary Defender. Like, I'm gonna mm-hmm. watch. I'm gonna put my time towards something more worthwhile the investment mm-hmm. but as time went on i found out that steven universe is well worth the investment oh yeah. teen titans go is also well fun for just like background fun stuff no, i like mm-hmm. i like awesome. that show yeah it's I, I feel like that gets more hate than it should it does get way I more agree. hate than i it think should. it was more the hate just because they took other things out in order to put it in i so. think it's just dangerous not because yeah. of the show itself but because of how executives see it they see something that works and then they think they need to apply that copy paste all mm-hmm. the time. I mean, like SpongeBob, yeah. for example, same yes. sort of situation, you know, and then they that just never beat it into the ground. <laughs> and then they are like, oh, well, let's just make more shows with this same wacky, right. crazy, you know, like Uncle Grandpa kind of humor. They want to do the same That's what no, they did to Family Guy no. when it was in yeah. first production. They they were like, let's make it more like The Simpsons. Yeah. You know, not that it was initially designed to be that kind no. of show. Well, I mean, so. how close are you? To both of you, how close are you to that? Like, have you had to deal with like notes like that where you're like, why are they making this change? Um, I mean, not usually with Back at the Barnyard. Um, uh, I usually worked, let's say, for example, uh, I did lighting and visual development. And so most of the stuff that went in, they were pretty consistent that like once they had it down on paper, they stuck to their guns with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to deal with that too much. What about on your end? I mean, with me, I get, I get for Guardians of the Galaxy, I, I, I get the, I get the script, I get the, you know, the um, model sheets and just the general notes and stuff. But it's, uh, I mean, 
because again there's two ways to write it to do a story and do a show and the show already had its identity before i got on it so oh, okay. yeah. and so i wasn't part of the the creation process i'm just mm-hmm. part of the production process and so i mean with me it's just little things and that was yeah. part of my learning process and the learning curve when i joined in was just how much can i push mm-hmm. of like oh well the script just says this but i think the character might do this instead mm-hmm. and so you just draw it and you just like send it back to your director and if the director likes it it goes in mm-hmm. and if they don't then they'll just cut it out you know it's no biggie because you do a kind of rough draft process mm-hmm. with your boards um it was just learning like where can i push it mm-hmm. just for the sake of the story not just because you know oh but um um so that was that was part of the learning process and so that's but that's more um uh, uh, like each specific case of okay. each episode mm-hmm. versus the the show itself but that, so. that's uh, always the fun part like i oh, remember I that it. i remember yeah. that exercise when I, when I, all i really have was school experience but uh, i remember that exercise it's like get some random audio and then mm-hmm. animate yeah. around it mm-hmm. i do remember on um avatar the last airbender i got to sit in on the uh, uh script creation for uh the fire fire ember ember players where they did like the play right before the, the oh, season yeah, one of yeah. the best I recap talk. episodes ever episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and i remember they had to they didn't remove it i think for any other reason but time um right. mm-hmm. but that's usually the reason why things are removed yeah exactly and you know it sucks but you gotta do what you gotta do um but i remember they always had this one bit that i loved that I was so sad they took out um they had a joke I think it was kind of a play at a lot of the um, the oh, fandom fanships and stuff. So when Sokka goes back to talk to fake Sokka uh, <laughs> and give him advice on jokes, you get to see a bit where fake Sokka is completely hitting on uh, female Aang. Um, and oh. so it was like total like fandom ships. And I don't know how far. It's like, very specific no. about fandom ships. I know. I don't know how far. Oh, you should have been on the last episode. We talked about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know how far along that got through, but they ne- they didn't get to show that. They they cut that part. But in the in that part, they had her slap him and just walk away. <laughs> and so he walks towards Sokka and he's like rubbing his cheek. And they still have him walking towards Sokka rubbing his cheek. You just don't get to see the the flirting oh. and the slapping. Oh. So I was like, oh, I wonder I wonder if they did have that. And then they literally did just have to real fast take it out. Mm-hmm. You know, without sometimes things like get that. lost in translation though in the show. <gasps> I've learned that because. <sighs> Um, I mean, what you have is you have so the, the pre-production <laughs> stuff and the early production stage is all done in-house um, or, you know, you know, over here. And then it's sent off to the overseas animation company. And um, I have learned personally of like, if I don't write the notes correctly, sometimes I might, you know, let's say I'm, I'm having Gamora slice, you know, one way and then she turns left. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may read to me and read with how I drew it, but then... I see the final episode and she turned right to get to the same position. And I was like, Oh You're no, like, Bro, come no, on. <laughs> lost in translation. And it's just because, you know, you have people that, you know, there's a language barrier and everything like that. Mm-hmm. So what might've happened is that what it wasn't maybe have been in the boards and mm-hmm. it was boarded that way. Yeah. And it, that particular scene was cut out of the boards, but they but didn't, they didn't. It just got lost in the in the ga- in the gambit of just that one shot of him. I wondered his, that too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, oh, it's okay. so interesting. I've got I've got a whole beef to talk about with overseas stuff. Please <laughs> bring it. Please, okay. this is the place to do it. Bring it down. The gauntlet. all right. So a lot of people like uh, it's a double edged sword. I mm-hmm. understand that it costs more to do it in house, but it's cool because then people 
here get jobs. I understand it's cheaper to do it overseas, but sometimes you have to do so many take backs that it's almost not worth it because it takes so much more time. So for example, when I was at back at the barnyard, we had a scene where uh, the characters were using pom-poms. They were dressed up like cheerleaders. Mm -hmm. We in America, you tell a 3D animator, okay, it needs to look like a pom-pom. Cool. They know what to do. They know kind Mm -hmm. of how to make that. With um, we had a, a studio in India. They don't know what pom poms are. Like I get that. So we did all this reference. We literally stood and did videos of just <laughs> shaking pom poms. Like this is what we want it to look like, and we send all that overseas. The problem is, you know, the turnaround rate of their employees there because they get paid so little is so fast that uh, they, okay. you know, employee A may have received it, but. By the week that they need to use it, he's already gone, and Employee they don't have F's it. the one working on it. Yeah, and uh, it just it gets lost in translation. Then we get back these things that look like these electrified, like little cacti <laughs> that they're like shaking around, oh, and yeah, we're like, "What? By, by we sent gets... you everything. Yeah, what do you want from us?" By, by the time it gets to the fifth guy, it's like, "What's with this girl shaking the yeah. push thingy?" They don't know. What is they this? Don't, they're just like, "Oh, weird Americans." And yeah. They send it back to us, you know. But it, and that's one of the big problems is their turnaround rate is so bad. And we'll even send people over there to train them. Mm-hmm. But within a month, it doesn't matter because they're not none of them are working anymore. And anyone who does have talent usually has enough sense to get out and either go to South America or North America to get a decent job. You mm-hmm. know, So it's really it, it's I understand that some things need to be done overseas, but at the same time, sometimes it, it feels like it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Sometimes. Yeah. And that, that had to be us with our note taking, because, you know, with your boards, you you not only draw the boards, but on the side, you write down all the notes, right. you know, and. And say, mm-hmm. oh, character, this character does this. They walk over here, and you know, for me, it was a big learning process of seeing like how much simple, how simple I had to make my notes of like, you know, rocket turns right, rocket <laughs> raises hand, rocket does mm-hmm. this. You know, and you just have, and it's yeah. like I had to get callbacks. You know, just saying like, uh, could you dumb down your notes some more? You know, like not in, you know, just like yeah, you're all simple, simplify, simplify, yes. clear it down, right? Make sure it's it's clear, and it, it was a learning process for me, and I'm still learning on like yeah. you know because I like to you know be flower with my right. rocket turned and looked at him aggressively, and, and also <laughs> you, you don't want to come off like yeah. you're talking down to somebody, yeah, 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 yeah. and mm-hmm. so it's it's just an interesting it's an interesting process just to learn what needs to be done in order to communicate. Cause that's the part of being a part of this team is like any team. Yeah. You have to communicate with other artists, the mm-hmm. character designer. If you want to be a character designer, you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it. So me, the storyboard artist can understand what these characters look like. So when I'm making them act, I know the range of, you know, what, how does their hair move? What does their, their, backside look like you Mm -hmm. know i need to know this stuff because i need to i get just words on a page and i have to get your character sheet and work Mm -hmm. off of that you know you have to communicate to me and if you don't then i don't know i have to make things up and so and then Mm -hmm. if i don't do my job correctly then the animators have to make up their things and then if they don't then the color artists have to make up you know it's just it's this chain of of making up things and the filling gaps by everybody yeah and then the product doesn't come out as nicely as you'd want it to so it's it's a big communication process and it's it's learning how to communicate your role for the next person down the line so i have so much respect for uh storyboarders um (laughs) it was cool though um my teacher at loyola marymount university for storyboarding was actually uh, jay oliva um yeah which is super cool um he was a great teacher i loved him he was one of my favorites um but he helped show me that storyboarding was 
not what I wanted to do with my <laughs> <Right>. life. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the class immensely. It was a great learning experience. She's good at her board choices, though. Oh, thank you. Oh. <laughs> but I'm very, <laughs> I'm a slow drawer, and that does yeah. not work in storyboarding. No, I wish to have a life still. No, no, that class was, since I'm pretty slow like when I'm drawing, like the one storyboarding class I took was like a nightmare for me. I'm like, mm-hmm. we yeah. need all of this by tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's it's funny because that's how, what made me realize I was good. Like storyboarding was thing I should do because I had to take a, a like one of those hard looks at myself mm-hmm. and objectively say, "What are you good at, and what do you do well, and what do you yeah. do not do well?" And I was like, "Okay, I kick ass at Pictionary, so <laughs> <laughs> I draw fast yeah. and I draw effectively, and I love mm-hmm. storytelling. What job does that do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that equals storyboarding. And so I think every artist needs to say, like, if you are a slow artist, then either you need to work on your speed, or mm-hmm. if you know that that's not going to be a thing that's ever going to happen, then you can choose a different avenue. Yeah. You know, different job. There, there will be a job for you. Yeah, in, right. in one part of the process. And that so. was what I figured out too, mm-hmm. because it wasn't until after college and I was really in the industry that I'm like what do I really want to do with my life and I had to do that same introspection of like okay I'm very detail oriented I love spending a long time on pieces and I realized I was more in the area of illustration however I still love animation so much (laughs) like I've had so like I love the people I love the industry some parts of it and I love the final (laughs) products most of the time so you know it's just finding what you're good at and but it doesn't change what you're passionate about either it's definitely no it's definitely satisfying when you finally see it like all come together yeah even in like a smaller project too Mm -hmm. but uh no um where was I going with this (laughs) Anyway, I derailed you. Apologize. (laughs) Thanks, Ken. (laughs) Ken, take wrench, throw into things. (laughs) Uh, But okay, so now that we know that, like, what your strengths are and what you like, sorry. So we need. Let's go back to how you two know each other and what you're working on now. Okay. Um, so the way I found out about both of you was a comic book called Perpetual Flux. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, if you want to go into that a little bit. Our baby. It's our baby. <laughs> Ironically, we've been talking about animation. Now let's talk about our comic baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, okay. Is that different from your animation baby? Like, uh, did your love of comics and anime kind of come hand in oh, hand? Or yeah. yeah. They, just yeah. Oh, really definitely. tightly. Okay. Especially, okay. I think, since we were the generation of, you know, Marvel, like Spider-Man, X-Men, all that being. Gargoyles. Yeah, Gargoyles. Mm-hmm. All that being both comic and animation, it's mm-hmm. just and oh. Batman, all everything. Um, mm-hmm. I th- in fact, I think my love of comics stemmed not from you know cards or comic books themselves, but from animation. Agreed. Okay. It's because I loved yeah. all those shows. So I got into comics. First. Yeah. Okay. Same yeah. here. Like, I mean, I love the car- uh, Gargoyles comic book series. Like, I love the the later series that came out, but like the original two, I was so into that. And I loved Sonic the Hedgehog mm-hmm. and Knuckles and just like, I mean, that's pretty much how which I ended up meeting comic. Wait, yeah. which <laughs> version of the animated show did you like? No. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Sonic? I like, I like the. Uh, Blue Streak speeds by the the good one. <laughs> oh, the good one. <laughs> the one okay. that had like an actual story in Sally okay, and everybody. Was, not the it, not the really weird. Gotta one. go fast. <laughs> yeah. Hey, gotta go fast. Hey kids, that's not cool. <laughs> if, you, if you liked that UPN one, I would have been like, uh, no. I don't know if I oh, would God, trust you no. with your. That one. <laughs> that one was so bad. Why do you constantly bag on UPN? What do you have against UPN? <laughs> hey, I like Homeboys in Outer Space. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, was 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 your uncle killed by UPN? <laughs> like. <laughs> My dad left me for you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, as far as that goes, I think, and and for me and her specifically, we have a background with storyboarding. We love it. Um, whether and storytelling or not, in general. And storytelling mm-hmm. in general. And I think um, 
uh, for me, it was uh, I lived in Japan for a couple of years. And um, during that time, my husband was in the Navy. So we were stationed there and um, he was working, obviously. And so and I wasn't working in Japan. I was doing a couple like graphic design gigs, but nothing like you pretty much weren't allowed to work in Japan. Well, kind of. <laughs> 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 oh, page under the table. Got it. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like I can work online. It's fine. But um. So I didn't want my skills to go rusty. So I was like, hey, well, Kat, you and I, I mean, we've been working on various stories throughout our our friendship, you know, just Mm because we both love storytelling. It's just a way to brush up your skills with it. And you're always evolving and growing in it as long as you keep doing it. And so we were like, you know what, let's just let's just make a comic. And, you know, it's just going to be a labor of love. Nothing nothing i'm not going to put the pressure on it to make it become anything mm-hmm. that needs to be like oh it's going to be our patreon they yeah. it'll make our you know <laughs> it'll make our wrench no yeah. um well it, we want to sell the movie right soon yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay yeah, yeah. sweet <laughs> oh wink wink it needs yeah. to be more of a mini series <laughs> thank yeah, you okay. <laughs> no no um, hbo yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. you know if they want to whatever just I mean. saying <laughs> um so I think we, we came together and we we're like, you know what, this is the time in our eyes when we have the time to do it. And um, so we started Perpetual Flux and it was just kind of a labor of love and get, got me a chance to just like sit down, work on things. I ran over to the Starbucks and uh, mm-hmm. down down my road in Yokosuka and just kind of stayed there as my office and just worked on that. And it, mm-hmm. it helped me brush up on my skills. And while I was working on that, I was doing animatics in the storyboarding class um, with Oatly Academy. I'll totally plug them. That's a great, mm-hmm. great online academy for artists if you yeah. want to do that. And um, um, so doing between doing the comic and doing that and doing my classes online, it you know, I had a job when I came back. So it was nice. Mm-hmm. And um but uh, I feel like it helped us learn also like how to work together, oh, like yeah. working as a team and mm-hmm. also being able to find our strengths. So mm-hmm. like it helped me learn that I was pretty decent with graphic design. Mm-hmm. You know, I would do a lot of the graphics for the website and, you know, it helped me spruce up on like coloring and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she helped me a lot also with like, oh, we help each other because well. like yeah. she's an artist I trust and there's not, <laughs> I, I, I'm snob. Yeah. Um, but no, but she's an artist. I, I genuinely trust her, her know-how with like board choice or shot choice and things. And, and just the fact that we're so opposite in our storytelling because I'm very broad. Really? I'm yeah. very broad spectrum of like, what's the point? What are we really here for? What's ah, our voice? What's and the I'm, mood? And she's de- she's like, detail already did. did they turn right or left? That makes a difference. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And How many that- pockets does he have? <laughs> they so, did this, but wouldn't you like, wouldn't you ask this if you yeah. were that character? You know? <laughs> like, so, which is very things. good to have someone that's the opposite kind of story mm-hmm. or opposite minded storyteller to you because I mean, we butt heads a lot, but we're friends enough where we yeah. don't, we, that, you know. Right. And we yeah. even were kind of aware of these differences oh, going yeah. into, and that's why we knew that or felt that it would work. Oh, yeah. Because of the fact that we could keep tabs on each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm constantly bringing her into the like, well, let's simplify this down. She's constantly bringing me into the, well, let's add some more to this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it, that's just what became what Perpetual Flux is. And mm-hmm. it's it's a webcomic that you can read online. It's free All to read. Free. Yep. yep. And um, right now we have the first three, three chapters. chapters. We're working we're working on the fourth chapter. Uh, we've been on a long hiatus <laughs> just because I, again, was moving you know from Japan of to course, Washington yeah. and then Washington to here. And then it was just a whole. And then I had three jobs at one point. Where, where I was yeah. working with two different I was animation little, companies. I was a little concerned. I'm like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Great. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was going through a lot. And so it put us on a longer hiatus. But it is it, the fourth chapter will be coming out this year. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's nice. And It's beautifully so. drawn, by the way. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. yay. 
Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but as an artist, you always look back at like chapter one. You're like, no. Like, yeah, what we've been doing. We've been we've been talking about we've been talking about putting like some of the first pages uh, to print. You know, like as little teasers. If we do want to eventually take it to print, but you're always like, no, we don't want to, but we need to. No, no yeah, I know. You, you I've always... learned to 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 divorce myself from caring as much with my old stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you no. always do that with like older work, no matter what it is. Oh, yeah. You're just like, oh, what was I doing? It's it's yeah. good that you feel that way because when yeah. you said like oh i was good back then too nope then you haven't grown so. i do that with this show two episodes ago <laughs> <laughs> just <awful>. just <laughs> that was an episode of just me and you oh, oh, shoot. Oh. we're getting personal <laughs> and Awkward. So there's no <laughs> perpetual flux remastered in the works. <laughs> no, we, we just want to. We just want to get it done first. Yeah. If I was getting paid, maybe. But <laughs> problem is, we already have like two other stories. We're like, mm, yeah, <laughs> that's the yeah. problem. We've got a lot of. We need to reboot the two spinoffs. <laughs> well, then they'll take it to series, and so we'll yeah, be fine. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think that's the the great thing about the it's it's a double again double edged sword. But like the internet gives you that freedom to get your work and out there to people mm-hmm. like directly. You don't need that middleman anymore. And, and I think sometimes artists in particular we hold ourselves back a lot in the sense of oh, yeah. oh it has to be perfect or I have to be at a certain yeah. skill level to do A B or C. Like I can't be a professional until I'm this good quote unquote, whatever this good means. And so I feel like it was really helpful to have her just kick us. We were both kicking ourselves in the butt to just be like, you know what, let's just get out there. It doesn't matter if it's perfect. It doesn't do it. matter if we yeah, do it. And do it so, um, I, yeah, I yeah. think that's a big thing that holds a lot of people back. Oh, like yeah. just do the work. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry. You'll get better with each thing. Yeah. Just yeah. keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's 100% true. And I, I've even seen that in other web comics where I will see, Four different iterations done over and over again, where the artist just can't make a decision, and they'll literally reboot their webcomic almost every year. But then they don't finish it. They never finish it. You, yeah, I'm still stuck in the first like right. <laughs> first intro. Like, all right, this is uh, 2.0. Yeah. Two, two, two issues in, they've already had a reboot. Yeah, yeah. it's literally that. <laughs> yeah, it's, and not even usually it's within the first chapter. Oh. Yeah, you know? so it's it's pretty rough, and so it, it's really important just to do it just get your work out there even if it's not perfect yeah I, I like to tell tell students and just other artists is like not every piece you do is going to be your your master mm-hmm. or, or your masterpiece or a pinnacle of your career but it, you will be one project better mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. what you were when you yeah. didn't do it oh this actually reminds me of something one of my uh, teachers like brought up and it was actually pretty funny because I kind of did this too like a lot of students when they get like a new sketchbook they treat it like so delicately. Oh, like, yeah, oh this yeah. is my sketchbook. <laughs> and it's like title yeah, and like each drawing is going to be like, no, you're going to go through hundreds of these when you're yeah. in school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Treat yeah. Like that. I actually would exactly. always skip to the middle of a sketchbook because like, <laughs> the first page would give me so much pressure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's where, Annette, again, where you and I differ. I'm very the like, I got to do each page, each one after the other. Right. That way it's like a diary. She's a machine. <laughs> She's a machine. This one. <laughs> Which Freaks is perfect me for out. comic book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, well, okay, let's go into what the story is actually about. How did the story come about? Like, well, what is it Perpetual Flux about? <laughs> okay, well, the original, can I tell the in- original inspiration? Or? Sure, go for it. Ooh, so uh, we were actually inspired by the um, Haunted Mansion at, um, uh, awesome. yeah, and we were also super into just like steampunk and all sorts of like elements, and we just, I don't know, we just kind of- I love horror. Can- yeah, yeah. Victo- yeah mm-hmm. Victorian era story. Mm-hmm. Vic- yeah, we're yeah. really into Victorian era with like a bit of action but also just like kind of the mystery you know we just love all that kind of stuff and 
I, but the the haunted mansion was just kind of the original like inspiration that uh, set us off on this concept basically, yes. and it, it's totally changed from what it was years ago to what it is now. It's it's a totally different story. <laughs> like I can't even yeah, and we and also because we've grown as storytellers too yeah. in that time too. But yeah, it it initially was like. Um, well, I like dealing with bigger concepts, as I've stated. And mm -hmm. so I like to deal with the concepts of like, you know, immortality and, and kind of the downsides to it. Right. Because mm -hmm. um, our, our comic does deal with immortality in many different forms. And uh, it's set to a Victorian steampunk mm -hmm. uh, kind of setting there. Retaining and, humanity. And and yeah, how much, what, what, what about humanity do you retain? And how is life worth living when you have no life, you know, left to give? So, mm -hmm. so, so uh, for the story is that how it starts like you kind of pitch this like larger idea and then you kind of fill it in or do you kind of See, this is go back and forth or um when we when it comes as far as pitching it or like us coming up with it yeah just coming up with it like it where do you start because it's mm. fairly unique from what i read it's a fairly unique like concept it's, it's a lot yeah. of talking like oh, yeah. we will mm -hmm. usually do a lot of talking a lot a long of drives long yeah long drives we'll usually just County. go on a drive and just oh, okay. talk yeah. and to see what what sticks now mind you the characters that are in this story are characters that we've had around for a while in different genres and stuff we just played around with those characters so we're like mm -hmm. you know what let's just stick with those kind of characters so we don't have to like figure them out per se we know mm -hmm. them back and forth of what they would do in different situations mm -hmm. and then we came up with this concept of oh well what if you know one of you know this person is immortal mm -hmm. dun 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 and yeah. then what what kind of problems does that create and uh because initially initially the the based off of the um haunted mansion was that there's that you know murder bride that yeah up okay. in the attic that right, kills right. all her husbands mm -hmm. yeah. and uh we were like oh what if we made you know uh, Vanessa a murderer and or like or um, that like uh, someone someone who intends to kill someone only to discover that they're immortal yeah oh. yeah that's that's initially where it started and it changed into something completely different after that yeah. but but that that's where it's where we just kind of came up with that premise and we're like oh what would the characters do mm -hmm. you know and mm -hmm. and I think that's what we have fun doing is creating a scenario and then seeing how the characters grow and respond oh. and live mm -hmm. into it um and, and we've so, been doing that for a long time but this was the first time I think we found a story that we're like no, this is worth telling. Yeah, I now, think I think is, that's we, the key is finding something you want to tell too. Mm -hmm. Like there's a point and we will have a voice to it um, because if you have no point to it, you might as well not be telling it. So. <laughs> and that's what you're really good at is seeing that end goal and that message. And, cause, and I think you that's- You get me there, Kat. You get me there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and I think that that can be said with any good show too. Like mm -hmm. at the end of every Batman, the animated series, there's a message. Right. You know, and oftentimes it has to do with whatever the issue the villain's dealing with or what Batman's mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, but there is something there. And I think that's not, the same, I think, can be said a lot with like Steven Universe and a lot of those good shows. You need that message. You need a mm -hmm. reason. Give me a reason for why I just spent the last 30 minutes of my life watching this, mm -hmm. you know, or reading this or whatever it was. And if you can, if you have that message retained in there, or at least the sense that there is, it's going somewhere with mm -hmm. it you know, then you've got a person hooked. It should have a point and it should be simple in that regard of that point mm -hmm. that you're trying to make. And it's hard because we're still so early in the story where yeah. it's like, oh. we can't say too much. <laughs> I know. I, know well, right? I could, I could say that you two, like I, when you called it a labor of love, I really mm -hmm. believe that just because I could see like 
oh, you definitely went into this genre. Like, there's a little bit of horror. There's mm-hmm. parts where it feels like like a spy movie almost. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they're just like, oh, okay, they really like this stuff and they're actually like, pulling it off really well. And I think oh. that's kind of one thing. We we didn't want it to fall necessarily into one individual genre per se, where mm-hmm. it's like, it's got a bit of comedy. It's got a bit of like, you know, f- uh, like comedy, horror, adventure, action. You know, it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, whenever we post online and it says, what genre is the webcomic is this? I'm like, uh. uh <laughs> It's a comic. <laughs> There's blood in this page, so uh, horror yeah. <laughs> for this one. Yeah, and so it's yeah, it takes a lot of elements and that I love. I love cinema. I love film. Um, I love old film or old cinema too. I just yeah. love the classic 1930s Universal horror movies. I love, you know. Do you have a favorite? Oh. Um, <laughs> I do, but it's silly. <laughs> it's not really uh, a not, horror okay. movie. Okay, you said you listened to the show. Like it could not be sillier. My favorite is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Yes, yes. It's like oh, perfect because for you have show. Bella Lugosi and you have uh, um, Lon Chaney Jr. I mean, sadly, you didn't get um, uh, brain farting Frankenstein. Um, That's mummy. a character. <laughs> <laughs> the the actor who played Frankenstein and the money and the mummy. Um, Okay, uh, I'm gonna. You keep. said Bella Lugosi. That's, yeah, that's not Bella Lugosi did Dracula. He did Dracula. Yeah. Um, Lon Chaney Jr. did the, did the Wolfman. Werewolf. Yeah. Or, or yeah. yeah, Wolfman. Wolf. Yeah. Um, Ken, what? help me with your little box. <laughs> yeah, no, no, your little Ken's, box of answers. Ken's totally like your doing electronic it from memory. Box of he's, like, he's just rubbing <laughs> and, his temples right and now. I'm, and I'm not speaking. Mm. He had a beautiful voice. He's just. He was also played an awesome murderer in the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, the original one with Danny Kaye. So, which is a very fun, like... Yeah, that's a good movie. Oh, it's so surreal. But and that's common. funny, like, yeah. for a movie like that back then, they were able to get the actual oh. guys. Talk if they, about, like, right? you, like they think, oh, Marvel created the cinematic universe. I'm like, no, yeah. Abbott and Costello did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, like, such a headache to get actors now. But yeah. yeah. back then, it was oh. like, oh... You, oh, just get Bella Lugosi. Yeah. You're yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it... what he uh, does. He's an yeah. actor. <laughs> Are they all Paramount? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get him in there. Well, we own you. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So... um. Ironically, I'm not as big into horror, and oh, she will gladly. I can't even watch Scream without like covering my eyes. But the I'm... stuff you drew in the comic, I, I know. know. Okay, I know. No, 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 no. Like when it's live action, I can't handle it. And that was one reason I always loved animation too, was because it was drawn. Mm-hmm. I knew nobody got hurt. So even as ah. a kid, I could watch the most gruesome, terrifying things in cartoon form. Mm-hmm. I would be totally fine. Like, you know, kids are like, oh, I couldn't watch All Dogs Go to Heaven or whatever. I could watch that. It yeah. didn't matter to me. But I couldn't watch like anything watch live action. It, it just like, I because I didn't trust it. Because mm-hmm. I know grown-ups made it. And I knew grown-ups <laughs> could like... Grown-ups are bad. Yeah, I knew they would like do something horrible. So never mind like, that grown-ups made like a true anime, 90s kid. animated cartoons were made by grown-ups <laughs> too. But, but um, I always loved them. Um, Alfred Hitchcock, like I know it's stereotypical, but my favorite uh, one of his was uh, uh, Rope, which a lot see, of people okay, don't see, know. Okay, yeah, that's the that's the that's one oh. I really like too. Like mm-hmm. no one talks about that one. It's no always one like does. Vertigo or Rear. Yeah, was it Rear Window. Yeah, Rear yeah, Window yeah. or The Birds or Psycho. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, all of those great ones. But Rope was just such a genius concept. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, and I I appreciate it as. Boris Karloff. Oh. oh. I'm sorry. How do we forget about that? Okay. I'm sorry, Boris. Yeah. Your, your voice He's alone. rolling in his grave. I yeah. know. Boris Karloff. Like, and anyone listening is just like, it's Boris Karloff. <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay. I'm but, sorry. Um, it just no, no, crashed. All right. Continue. <laughs> but I think I, um, I think it goes something to say that I love some those kind of things that blend the... the 
the genres. So mm-hmm. it was very much like a play meets cinema. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I love about nowadays, like, you know, with um, audio theater and like, uh, but also it's as a comic or as a book, you know, like the blending of those genres are just so fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah. For, for me, it's like I always have to find comedy in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whenever there's a drama that kind of has some light moments, that kind of always like resonates with me better. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like, oh, that that makes sense that like someone would crack a joke during this really dark time. Oh, yeah. I feel the closest, the quickest way to a person's heart is through comedy. Make them laugh. They Make them you. laugh because, yeah. And uh, I feel like there's no good, sh- like a, truly a good film is one that can at least have a few light moments in it. And the same goes with like cartoons. Even and... arguably bad films like Signs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, A, I hate aliens, but like Siggins. at the same time, <laughs> Despite it, you know, being an arguably, you know, Shyamalanian in his worst, um, uh, I still appreciated that he built suspense. Well, no, his worst was way down the road. Yeah, I know. But you know, it was in the era of that. (laughs) It's okay. I liked Lady in the Water. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I I think you just punched Ken in the the stomach. Okay, okay, that's fine. But no one liked The Happening, right? No, no, no. What? No, I didn't even watch it. No. I, whenever anybody mentions <laughs> yeah, right. the happening or to me Mark Wahlberg, it's always just like the what? <laughs> no. Oh, no. okay. I thought you were actually like what? I love that movie. No, just it's, okay. a, it's the it Marky a Mark. reference. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I immediately got that. I was yeah. just okay, like, good. Oh my God. It flew over. It flew over Kitty's head. That happens a lot. It's all right. <laughs> um, but um, despite that being in a, you know a polarizing film, um, I felt. The thing I loved about it was anytime they built up suspense, there would be a moment of, of laughter, you know, especially from mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix, you yeah, know, and yeah. it was just just a, yeah. to pull up as an example of like, oh, you know, it relieves mm-hmm. that tension sometimes, which, yeah. you know, can be a good thing when you've built it up too high. You have to mm-hmm. you as the creator need to you know know when to build the tension yeah, and when to release it. Out, it. Yeah. So it's it's just nice. And it really goes to say something, too, because like one of my favorite um, superhero movies is um, uh, The Dark Knight. Um, but there was so little relief sometimes near the in the second half of that movie that I felt like I was having heart yeah. palpitations. Like I cannot, for my own health, watch that movie more than once a year. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it because it's not a superhero movie? It's a super villain movie. Because yeah. the Dark Knight is all about it's the true. Joker. That's yeah. all that movie's about, and I yeah. hate that. Like it's, it's tr- not no, I a think Batman that's totally movie. true. That, I, that's I, why it's so suspenseful for you, is because it's all about the Joker, and that's all. He's the best thing about. But that you know movie. what? Isn't that what a lot of the you just opened up about? another wound, Kitty? <sighs> but yes, stop kind giving of what, Ken some wounds. But isn't that okay. kind of what Batman the Animated Series? A lot of the episodes were about too. Oh yeah, they no, totally about them. Not a lot of them. No, like there was a lot on him too, though. And he had to deal with. There were some episodes that were just about the villains. Oh, I agree. I agree. There were. There were. But the best, the best episodes of that to me were it was about the villains, and then also how that was mirrored in Batman. Mm-hmm. I can and agree with, with that. With the mm-hmm. the Joker just like the Joker wins that entire movie. The only person who beat the only time the Joker loses is when the people on the boat do something. It has nothing to do with Batman. Yeah. Like yeah. the Joker the Joker loses to those people on the boat. Yeah. Everything else is just him constantly Go winning. Boat people. The guy with <laughs> yeah. the biggest plan who's like I don't have a plan. You had plans every step of the way. Well, and I I don't think he's a reliable narrator though. Uh, like his character in general you can't 
rely on anything he says. Yeah, you know? that's true. Mm-hmm. So no, but I'm just like it's just he's constantly yeah. Bah, bah, but I, I was <laughs> I was more talking about just well, in the sense Ken, that there is there is none Ken of that relief. You know yeah. that yeah. relief is so important. I feel yeah. like in a film, and it doesn't necessarily make it a bad film if it doesn't have that relief. But it I don't know. It makes me enjoy it personally. I totally more. agree. And, but there is one point of relief of is when uh, he's blowing up. I mean, spoilers for <gasps> yes. When he's like blowing up the, uh. the hospital and he's walking away, it's like well, that didn't work. And then yeah. like, oh god, it worked. Oh god. <laughs> I love that. And that was yeah. all uh, improv. Uh, improv. Well, the mid yeah. part was improv. Well, it was like so. a blooper, but he just yeah. kept going, and yeah. it was just like, and then it worked. And I'm like, okay, Chris, yeah. Christopher <laughs> Nolan just let him do what he wanted to do half uh, the time, yeah. which was good. Yeah. Well, that was the thing about the Joker that I liked. He legitimately got me to laugh at certain points. Oh, oh the yeah. magic trick. The, yeah. Or, oh. or no, I, I was thinking the one <laughs> so that. Bad. Oh yeah, that was really bad. I loved it. Though. The one that stuck out to me though was when. Um, he had Rachel in his hands and Batman's like, let her go. And he's like, very poor choice of words. And he let yeah. her go yeah. down. I was just like, why did that make me chuckle? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, it's so, true. Yeah, I think you need to reach all peaks of of storytelling in order to get you to like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, think and I feel especially... a quick way. Sorry. Um, I feel like, especially in comics, you have no excuse. In TV series, you have no excuse. It can be hard to fit that all in sometimes with films. But, mm-hmm. like, when you have that extended amount of time, you can get all those hits in mm-hmm. at some point in the story. Yep. Well, it's, it's by no means easy because you still see a lot of movies that miss that, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I mean. Like, a lot of movies, it, it can be hard to fit that mm-hmm. all in. It, you have to be much more aware of right. where and what you put in and mm-hmm. take out to... When you only have two hours to tell a story versus when you have... You may only have 22 minutes for a show, but you have 26 episodes of that right. yeah. mm-hmm. to do... Okay, well, you know, you can do the hit and misses and survive hit and misses more mm-hmm. yeah. um, versus when you only have two hours to tell a complete story. Yeah. This well, is 2017. Almost every movie is three hours, though. So. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well it, is, it is kind of funny that now you're seeing so many TV shows tell a good story. Mm-hmm. So oh, it's yeah. kind of different now. TV's that like, really... Yeah. Like, taken the forefront well i think it's be- <laughs> yeah movies have just kind of become like oh that's just a long episode mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. well that's mm-hmm. the thing too like it, when they were talking about doing the new flash movie they're like oh no we're gonna get deep into barry you're really gonna learn everything about him like there's no way in three hours you're <laughs> yeah. gonna teach me a better story yeah. than they did on the cw yeah, yeah. like they had they had t- how many years now to just like just there get us three seasons in yeah three yeah. seasons in yeah yep no it's true um one of my favorite animes of all time, uh, Vision of Esclafone was, it had this amazing story that in about 24 episodes, it just like, it hits all those spots. It's really great. And you're like, wow, where's this story going to go? It was supposed to be though, 50 episodes. Mm -hmm. And about episode 22, they got told that, oh, nope, sorry, you're only getting 26. They literally had to take, anyone I've talked to who has watched the whole series, their complaint has been that the ending is so rushed. And I found out just last year that that's why I'm like, no, all along. And so it's important (laughs) to give yourself that timing. Did that one had a giant robot or was yeah. it yeah it was on, okay. it was it's on got box everything. for like kind of a mech it's wasn't it also like some it's a medieval magical? mech yeah. It, yeah, yeah it was a magical Alternate world kind of thing armor. it is a fantastic series it's mm-hmm. the music is all by young Kano who did oh, like the, um, all of cowboy bebop yeah. it's it's like her magnum opus i absolutely adore it but i i highly recommend it it's just sad that you know that's why production is so important and why they would not get away with that kind of thing <laughs> over here in the states <laughs> uh, but then they do sometimes i'd say i disagree mm, i think seen so uh, <laughs> oh yeah the legend of cora that's pretty much what happened why is to it that? the things i love <laughs> so it's like oh, yeah I legend see. of cora it's gonna be one amazing season that's great it's gonna be five, five. 
That's cool too. That's amazing. <laughs> oh no, it's four. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, oh. So, oh and so, we're gonna show all of the last two seasons in two months. Here we go. Ah! Yeah. Well, uh, I think that in particular um, was a show on the cusp of the new change that we're seeing in television today, um, because you have to think about it. Television act- is actually a dying art <laughs> um, yeah. as we know it, or as we grew up with it. Right. Um, because no longer do we have. <laughs> I don't have TV. I only have online stuff, Netflix, you know, streaming things. Um, I haven't had TV since in my adult life. My younger Mm -hmm. students, they don't grow up on TV. So we have, television is dying. Cable is expensive, man. Well, well, yeah. (laughs) Cable and television networks as as we knew it uh, growing up are dying. And the thing was, is Cora was just on the cusp of Nickelodeon trying to figure out like Mm -hmm. this whole process of um, throwing things on a streaming system, you know, Over going the top to an systems. app. Yeah. Uh, how well mm-hmm. does it do? What are we doing? You know, so they were just, I, I feel that to Nickelodeon's like defense in a sense, not really, but just kind mm-hmm. of sort of, is just um, you had this situation where they were trying to figure out how to post it. Yeah. Because the people that were watching it don't watch it on Nickelodeon on yeah on tv yeah. yeah i definitely don't watch any show on like regular exactly. cable anymore yeah mm-hmm. so networks are right now trying to figure out what to do with this and many of them are getting smart and making their own apps like hbo yeah. go all Cartoon those things networks doing that too, yeah you know? and so which is the smart route but um it's just we, we are right now in the transitional period of one dying medium into a new medium mm-hmm. and so i think we've actually heard i mean there's one thing that i know the two of you have probably heard, and I think you have heard too, that one of our other correspondents, uh, Cole Garrison, improperly stated that it was a bad thing that Young Justice Season 3 was coming directly to a digital format. When did but, he say that? On one of the episodes. It's and Cole. He makes did, things wrong. And why didn't, he sla- <laughs> why didn't someone slap him? Why didn't- well, because I wasn't there. Oh, okay. that's, that's, so he's like, oh, it's really unfortunate because they're not going to, like, it's really bad for them. I'm like, no, they know they have a solid 13 episodes in. Yeah. Yeah. They mm-hmm. know they're ordered. They know what they can mm-hmm. do. Yeah. They know they're going to hit their demographic, mm-hmm. and like they know they know how they're being published. That's exactly. great, it's, especially yeah. for a show that was like so like up. How many years later did we finally get Young Justice? And just for like the campaigning of Greg Wiseman mm-hmm. and all those people behind that show and the fan base that was just ravenous for it. Oh no, we were hearing about this like yeah. years ago. I remember at Comic New York Comic Con um, like two years ago, they were saying like they couldn't promise anything, but they were like your Please have been heard. They, they, they probably already knew by him. then yeah. what they were yeah. doing. Yeah. Which, by the way, can I just say congratulations to Justin and the other guys on Warner Brothers that, like, I wouldn't be where I am today and they get to be on Young Justice oh. Season 3 and I'm so proud of them. I'm like, yay. Aww, yay. yay. That's awesome. I love you guys. <laughs> anyway, um, so, um, yeah, no, I agree. I think it's the best thing because, um, I mean, you look at Fultron and when we when I asked uh, them at a con, I was, you know, one of the... Uh, at the panel, I, I asked, I'm like, you know, how has it been, um, especially with DreamWorks working with Netflix for Voltron? And like, yeah. how has that ha- helped you guys? And they said, well, it's, it's been so much nicer just to know how much we get yeah. and like how, how many episodes we get, how much we can work with. And so it's actually, uh, that's why we're seeing more t- television, television shows, air quotes, um, shows in general that are being able to tell their stories. Yeah, because um, things like streaming sources can just stream it all at once, and mm-hmm. there you go, and yay, and it's no longer will it survive this yeah. season? Yeah, will we get it cut off. Yeah, it's just <laughs> added security. You're yeah. like, okay, yeah. we can we can properly pace it out, and mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. have those issues like with Escaflowne, where it's like, oh, yeah. we gotta rush this real quick, rush yeah. it real fast. Yeah. 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 
ran out of money. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, on that note too, because like uh, they, one of the reasons they attribute the success of Breaking Bad is because Breaking Bad very early on AMC got their their series up on. Uh, iTunes, so they were able to keep like they picked up old they picked up all the old the lax viewers like oh well I I haven't watched it so I can get caught up now and same thing for Young Justice like people can go back and watch those two seasons like mm-hmm. oh this is a great show mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. I want to push forward for this and mm-hmm. yeah. always have having the like oh we can we can still have a fan base almost immediately built in right away like there's shows on ABC Freeform that also that like they'll put the season on like almost immediately mm-hmm. and there's like you can start building up a fan base so much quicker than just like. Oh, it, it's you can buy it digitally mm-hmm. if you want, but no, it's all available right here for you through Netflix. Mm-hmm. The easy access gives it gives you such a better chance to be seen. I think mm-hmm. in the next five years we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, yeah, just as like Cartoon Network and all of them are figuring out, oh, this is what we need to do in order to survive. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. which is good for the industry and oh, yeah. all its workers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, okay. Um, let's wrap it up there. Uh, so okay. What would you two recommend for um, people to watch? And then do you have anything to plug after that? Uh, like I said, Steven Universe. Steven Universe. Um, What's that? I, it's new. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of anything else. Um, uh, Voltron as well. Voltron, Voltron definitely. Which is on Netflix. Please go watch it. I yeah. need to go see Attack on Titan season two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is more our list of this what is, we need to see catch what, yeah. up on. Um, I want to catch up on My Little Pony also. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I need <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. Like, apparently the latest episode was pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, and I, I've i been enjoying uh, Star vs. the Forces of Evil. That one's actually, I didn't think it'd be all that amazing, but I've been keeping up with it. And it's it's really fun one. And it's cool because it's uh, a majority is actually a female uh, of the staff, which is pretty cool. Um, so, yeah. I just disto- discovered Harmon Harmon Quest. Oh so yeah, Harmon Quest. Oh, that's <laughs> one I've really wanted to. Watch. It's, it's so good. Fun. Okay, yeah, that and one's really and fun. I know that I need to catch up on Rick and Morty. So yeah, that's yes. just Rick been my. Oh, really finally, good. someone on the show that watches it. <laughs> why, why do you look at me with such disdain when you say that? <laughs> <laughs> I look at you with disdain in general. So. That's true. That's <laughs> a very fair point. So, um, uh, yeah. Julie, where could they find you? And uh, do you need anything to plug? Uh, you can find me at J Olson with an O O L S O N draws dot com. Um, and pretty much all my social media is J Olson draws everywhere: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. all the fun stuff. Um, and Perpetual Flux comic. So perpetualfluxcomic.com dot com. So yeah. um, you can find me at Cat Haynes Art K A T H A Y N E S R T. Don't laugh at my plug. <laughs> Don't laugh at my plug. A B C D. Shush. I also do. I also have um, uh, T Public and T Fury. Uh, you can just find me under Cat Haynes, uh, same spelling. So uh, yeah. Uh, Her Ken. stuff is beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and you laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken, where can they find you, bud? Uh, you can find me at the internets at, at Ken Rolo. That's K-E-N-R-O-L-O-W. They can also find me at, at Comics TNT. That's the shop I uh, work at in Tuscan. Also the coming best up, comic book store. Thank you. It is. Yeah. That's actually where I met these two ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, and on June 24th, Geek Say What and Comics, Tunes, and Toys will be doing a joint geek trivia night. So what? come out if you're in the local Orange County area. Area, find us, come and test your geek knowledge. I'll be there. I'll, I'll be, be there, there too. That might deter people. Cat uh, will <laughs> be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> uh, and you can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. 
And don't forget to look up Geek Say What on all the social medias with the handle at Geek Say What. Shout out to Wayland Productions for letting us use the space and their equipment. Uh, shout out to Jordan Denae, our geek apparel sponsor out of Brooklyn, New York. She's eco-friendly and her stuff helps you look nerdy. Um, and don't forget to check out the other two shows on the Geek Say What network. That's Ready, Set, Geek, hosted by... What were you going to say, Ken? <laughs> you broke his spiel. I was getting ready for Geek KO. Just go ahead. I, I was like, man, you're like just throwing a wrench in everything today. <laughs> I didn't. You, didn't. Right. you stopped, all right? I was like, you, you're going to say something. Ken used wrench. It was super uh, effective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ready, Set, Geek, hosted by Alex Gallat and Geek KO, our trivia podcast, hosted by Justin Madriaga. I was just going when you and and when you tried to I was going to lead in of geek ko oh, oh okay. but you just walked right over oh. it. That's <laughs> they fine. should they should hire you just for that we'll, we'll edit it in yeah just edit. we'll put go. it in post <laughs> thanks and so much for having us guys yeah. no, we appreciate thank it thank you really this has been great uh, don't forget to rate comment and subscribe and join the offensive thank you everybody. <laughs>